0: So welcome back for another educational podcast on pharmacy things. So today we're going to have a quick look at critical appraisal and have a look at a trial that was published recently and see whether we can unpick it without making things too complicated for ourselves. So for those who want to see the original paper, it's in the New England Journal of Medicine 2020, November 26th, and it's called N of 1 trial of a statin placebo or no treatment to assess side effects. However, we're going to try and do it a little bit pragmatic and real-worldy because this has been published as well in the BBC and the Daily Mail and other news websites. So actually what we're going to do is we're going to look at the news reports and see if we can find useful things out of there for us to draw our own conclusions. Can we meaningfully, critically appraise newspaper articles? We're going to find out. So the headline from the BBC is Most statin problems caused by mysterious nocebo effect, study suggests. The Daily Bell goes both slightly less concise and less accurate, with statin side effects caused by nocebo effect when patients fall ill because they believe pills will do them harm even before they take them, study says. It's unclear why this, rather than the hundreds of other papers published the same week, has been picked up by the media. It might be to do with the exciting use of nocebo, placebo doing harm, as well as the perennial delight in showing that people in authority might have been wrong. They've got a cool new word, nocebo, A big number, 90%, and a headline to show that doctors have been wrong all along. So we definitely need to check the data. So what is the data? Well, at the time, it was difficult to find, as it was behind the New England Journal of Medicine paywall. But this is a good exercise in looking at the data that's available in the abstract, plus the news stories, and seeing whether we have enough to have an opinion. Not all critical appraisal involves sitting down with a CASP tool and reading the whole paper. So from the BBC, Guardian and Daily Mail, all reporting the same thing, so we're fairly confident of the data, if not the interpretation. The trial took 60 people who'd already stopped their statin because of side effects, and then did an N equals one crossover-like study. So every individual got a statin for four months, placebo for four months, and then nothing for four months. They were then asked to score the side effects they experienced. Whilst on nothing, patients scored their side effects as eight out of a hundred. When on placebo tablets, patients scored their side effects as 15.4 out of 100. And when on statin tablets, patients scored their side effects as 16.3 out of 100. So the numbers are the baseline, 8 out of 100 side effect score. So placebo gave them 15.4 minus 8, which equals 7.4 out of 100 more side effect, whatever that means. And statin gave them 16.3 minus 8, which equals 8.3 out of 100 more side effect. So the 7.4 additional side effectiness of the placebo does measure up to 90% of the 8.3 additional side effectiness of the statin. The newspaper reports are largely true. Placebo tablets cause 90% of the side effects compared to statins. Case closed? Clearly not, otherwise this would be a very short podcast. So can we look at the trial using some sort of structure so that we can make a judgment call on how much we should allow this paper to change our opinion of statins? Now we're not working from the full paper, so we can't do a full assessment, but from what we have, we can do a quick PICO analysis as a first step. So the population is people who've stopped their statins because of side effects. The intervention is a re-challenge with statins in placebo, and they're comparing it to not taking any tablets at all, and the outcome, on a 100-point scale, statins gave 8.3 points worth of side effects compared to 7.4 points worth on placebo. From this we can see a couple of things that we might want to look a little bit more at. The population is people who've already had a problem with statins, so the question is, are these people like the people we will be treating? Having had side effects already, could they be more predisposed to the nocebo effect? Also, the outcome is essentially an 8.3% increase in side effectiness. Is this outcome really meaningful, both for the average, someone getting 8.3% more side effects, but also, What might the spread of the data be like? Are some people getting loads more side effects than the average and some less? So tackling the first one first, are these people like our patients? This is probably the big question, and the answer is a bit gray. They've all had side effects on the statins already, so the question is whether this would predispose them to side effects from a placebo tablet that they thought might be a statin. I don't know of any research on this, it would be cool if there was some, but logically, you'd think it's a possibility someone who's been given a tablet before that made them feel rank, then they're given a tablet again that might be the same as before, they're probably predisposed to the nocebo effect. So it isn't certain that the full nocebo effect is due solely to the messaging around the side effects of statins. There's also some prior experience mixed in there. So the next question is, is this outcome really meaningful? And this is an interesting one. A movement of an 8.3 on a 100-point scale wouldn't seem that significant in the grand scheme of things. However, tablets were stopped 71 times due to the side effects over the course of the trial. So it does seem that an average shift of 8.3 was meaningful for these patients. However, it comes back to, are these patients like our patients again? A shift of 8.3 might be meaningful for someone who's had side effects before and thinks they might be coming back, leading to them stopping the tablets. However, the same shift in someone who hasn't had side effects before might be less meaningful. And then there's the complicated bit about averages. So the numbers presented are averages, so the average patient in the trial got 16.3 out of 100 side effectiveness. But is there actually an average patient? There's many ways of getting this result. For example, if you have 60 patients who all score 16.3 side effectiveness, then the average is 16.3. However, another way to get the same average of 16.3 is to have six patients score a side effectiveness score of 90, so horrendous side effects, and 54 score an average of 8.2. You get the same average. So in the first example, every patient is average. In the second, a small number of patients had horrendous side effects, whilst everyone else had the same amount of side effectiveness as when taking no tablets. No one is average. In this case, because the average is low on the scale, 16.3 out of 100, a couple of outliers can contribute disproportionately to the average, pulling it much higher. In this case, it seems unlikely, as there are a number of reports of stopping tablets, suggesting that adverse effects were spread through the group, though it would be good to get the paper and have a quick look. However, it can be meaningful in other trials. For example, a cancer drug that extends life by on average two months might be fairly useless if everyone only gets two months, However, if 19 after 20 get an extra month, but the 20th person gets an extra almost two years, it might be worth a go. So the next question is, does this trial change our opinions? And this is the important thing. After you've done all the fancy thinking, it's whether this new data should change your worldview. When doing this, it's important that we're sceptical of new data, going in with an open mind questioning the data, rather than cynical, going in assuming that all trials are rubbish. Look hard enough at any trial and you'll find something that lets you disregard the results if you really want to, but that way we don't develop our knowledge and thinking at all. Better to look at what the trials can tell us and live with a bit of uncertainty, be willing to change your views in the future. So for this one, is the whole of clinical pharmacy counselling patients on adverse effects one big conspiracy to make patients feel iller? Hopefully not, given the audience of this podcast. What this paper probably shows is that for a subset of people, anticipating getting side effects can actually increase the likelihood of these side effects happening. With all the noise around statins in the media, this might be quite a bit of the effect, so we might need to think about how we do things for these, but it's also worth thinking about for other medicines. This doesn't mean that you don't tell your patients about the potential for side effects, but consider the patient holistically and be aware that sharing information badly can sometimes be worse than not sharing information at all. Also, this trial hopefully makes us think about how sharing information badly can give a nocebo effect, but it also might be worth reflecting on how we can boost the placebo effect of lots of our medicines. Placebos in shiny boxes with the price left on them work better than placebo in plain boxes. So could there be a difference between patients getting a nicely labelled original box of an actual active medicine to take home, rather than a white box of strip cut-offs with the label on wonky slightly dented from its passage through the hospital? It's sometimes the little things that make a difference. I need scrubs, talk with confidence, and you could potentially make the medicines you're giving out even more effective. It's worth thinking about.